What's up, everybody? Uh, it is July 31st, uh, 2018, here with Trend Following Trader, uh, CEO of Chess P Capital, Jerry Parker. Um, Jerry, hello. Uh, good. Uh, again, sorry that I missed our coffee this morning. Too too busy, quote unquote, at the beach. Um, I'm sorry. Um, uh, so you've been on a lot of podcasts. You've been asked about your history. We're not going to do any of that today. Everyone knows, um, you know, pretty much who's who. The people who are listening to my or this show um, know you, know your history. So we don't need to do all that again. Uh, I want to. Just maybe touch on some more recent stuff. Uh, you you tweet a lot, um, and you find a lot of good articles and, and quotes and things that uh, I think are very helpful. So I thought maybe we could start there. Um, one thing we were just talking about, the recent Morningstar article that shows how uh, – Fund managers perform over time, and uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the uh, the best managers uh, spend a lot of time at the back of the line. Um, is that right? That seems to be the gist of that um, article and research piece. That um, don't be don't be um, alarmed if you underperform for a while. Because it probably means in the long run, a 20 year period or 15 year period, uh, you'll probably be near the top. So I'm sure that it's um, it definitely, I feel like it definitely applies to trend following, maybe not to short term geniuses who are, make money all the time. And, uh, but certainly for the trend followers, the lumpy return uh, the, is probably a good characteristic and maybe even one that uh, should be desired and chosen uh, <clears throat> as it probably keeps people away. And it's hard to do and all of those good psychological things that trend follow is hard. It's 40% winning trades and um, big profits turn into small profits um, and you go long periods of time without making money. So it spoke to me because it reaffirmed everything I wanted to believe and so of course I was going to tweet that and post it so hopefully it's it's correct and we've certainly gone through some periods uh recently that we're building expectation and we should be have some good markets soon hopefully yeah uh i hope so um it seems maybe maybe in today's world um with so much distraction so many more things to read and and just uh, occupy your time um that article like that people just, I don't know, they don't, they don't appreciate maybe, maybe longevity. Um, uh, you know, maybe if I could draw an analogy with buying cars today, everyone likes to lease the new hot car, you know, every few years, get a new one. Beautiful. Instead of running maybe in the older days where, where, uh, an opportunity to lease wasn't even there. You had to buy a car and you're running to the ground 200,000 miles. So you actually had to build something to last. Um, I think that's still the case, but it seems maybe, maybe people are just, um, or say investors are, uh, uh, I don't know, more, I don't know that they're, they prefer more of the other thing. 
They prefer more of the recent hot thing. Maybe they've always been like that, but uh, I don't know. It seems to be more more so today. I don't know if I'm right on that, but um, I don't know if you had any thoughts there. I think every day we're bombarded with improvement, techno- technology improvements. I've got this new iPhone 10, and I love this thing. Mm. It is amazing. You don't no longer have to push <gasps> the home key. Wow. You swipe. Wow. And you're thinking, like, what's the difference between pushing and swiping? And it's huge. <laughs> so that's how we are these days. With, yes. We just expect it. And everything's going to get bigger, faster, cheaper. We live in America. Yep. And our, the definition of our standard of living increasing is everything we want becomes better and cheaper, um, except healthcare and things that the government is involved in. And that's for your political mm-hmm. podcast later on. But, but sure. then you have this trend following, and yeah, they're like, well, wait a second. Aren't you improving on this all the time? Can't you make this better? Is it um, so-and-so trader is just telling me that they're working on things to make the drawdowns go away. And how about you? Can't you? Um, does it seem like trend following um, is keeping up with this um, the pace that I notice in technological improvements? My life, my trend following life is not getting better. And so I think that um, we do have to answer that question and that frustration. Um, and then thus the idea, the call every now and then that trend following doesn't work. Um, so... Yeah, it's just kind of amazing that uh, there is this methodology that uh, is less subject to radical change and improvement. It, it's not fun. It's not good. It's not great. It's not. It hasn't been for me for thirty years. It's been a struggle yeah. to enjoy the daily returns, and uh, then you look back and say, "Oh, okay, I made a lot of money. That's nice." Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be that way in the future. You know, you can tinker with your parameters, add some markets, eliminate some markets, make it better. Um, yeah, but it's not going to get so much better because um, what works in the markets is not what works in uh, Silicon Valley, for instance. Uh, there are no rules, there are no laws. There are no, it's you're dealing with human beings, and you can't really predict what they're going to do and how the markets are going to change. And so you best just follow the trend. Yeah, um, well, it's, I don't know, it's like maybe it's just some craving that we have, like we crave, we crave, we crave constant improvement. You know, I don't know if you, if you yell, if people are yelling at their flowers and trees to grow faster and to, you know, bloom better, like what's going on? How can we can't improve that? I mean, I, I feel like trend following and, uh, is, is really just a, uh, one, I, it's it's a deeper thing than just some arbitraging, some short-term market opportunity. I feel like it's just a way to survive, like for you know, for your money. I feel like just a it's a it's a survival uh, strategy for your capital long term. Um, it's just a way to not have it die and not wither away. And um, um, but I feel that I don't know. It's uh, it doesn't make it easy to do, but what else do you want to do? And I, I, you say that all the time. Like, what what part don't you want to do? Do you want to not ride the trend? You want to go opposite everything? Um, you want to cut the winners short and um, let the losers run and bet heavy and all that stuff and go on stories and feelings and stuff? I don't. I don't think so. Um, yeah, you want to reduce 
future diversification, um, trade stocks only, trade the S&P only, NASDAQ only, FANGs only. What part of what we do do you feel, you know, one of the prerequisites we have is to be safe. And we are just, it's all about being safe and getting into the markets and trying to make a decent return, but not at the expense of not following our rules and trading uh, one sector or a few markets. And there's uh, just nothing to get rid of uh, that would make it, you know, the level of safety we have now. I mean, I know losing money doesn't feel good. It could be a lot worse. So, you know, it would be almost impossible for a diversified trend follower to set up their portfolio, you know, based on the back test where they traded all these markets long and short with a system and tried to target an 8% return like the S&P. And it would be very difficult for the for the historical back test or the future to show a greater than fifty percent drawdown, which is what you have with the S and So, right, um, just with so many markets and the longs and the shorts and a systematic approach and taking small losses, um, you just you know, you're stepping on the field with this huge advantage, especially when it comes to drawdowns and losing money. Yeah, I, it, that's something you mentioned. Um, I believe it was on uh, Meb and Faber's uh, podcast where you said, uh, you know, we're just trying to create a better thing, a better product, um, a better one-stop shop. I mean, this trend following um, should be the core, not some 5 to 10% little sliver where we have to we have to go above and beyond just to get in the door for that piece. And then when we get in, um, you just hate us until uh, you eventually get rid of us. Um, it, I, I feel like, it was, no, we're just, we've just, I think, evolved, or you guys evolved the, um, what was traditional out there, which was a, you know, let's take S&P, for example, it was just an all-in on stocks and all-in one way and never never even getting flat, um, always just long 100% all the time. But, yeah, just tried to move it, you know, you know, pass the torch along and, and, hey, look at these new markets. Hey, maybe sometimes don't invest at all because the, there's no trend. and Maybe sometimes go short, yada, yada, yada. Um, it, to me, it seems to be more common sense. Seems that that's a natural way of improving anything. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I think the recent, as, as we go, going back to the Morningstar uh, example, go, uh, looking at recent performance is what, influence a lot of people's decisions, not necessarily, hey, this thing has been alive for a hundred years. Whew, that's pretty damn good. Uh, let's go with that one instead of this sh- trying to guess guess uh, back and forth all the time. There was another article, too, that uh, maybe Morningstar, but I tweeted it um, a while back. And there's been many um, uh, articles about this where uh, this just uh, people do studies and they come to the conclusion that you can't predict returns. Mm. And inevitably, when you fire a manager, um, it was a bad idea. <clears throat> and so um, and the replacement is usually going to be worse. Uh, you, know, you, you, don't, you don't like the current performance, so you chase another guy who has better performance, and then he reverts to the mean or whatever, and then people just repeat this over and over. And of course, uh, 
this begs the question then, well, how the heck um, are you going to choose who to invest in? Mm. And, and so, because uh, we want people to look at recent performance when we're doing well. Sure. And, uh, sure. You know, like, it doesn't apply to me. It only applies to these other people. <laughs> um, so, but, but you know, for me, the trend following, uh, it's okay for you to look at recent performance. And so the answer that uh, these smart people came up with on uh, how to choose uh, who to um, invest with was to intimately understand the process ah. and like the process. And so I think that's where we should really shine. I mean, um, we're adding commodities and currencies to your portfolio uh, in a risk control safe way. And uh, we're taking small losses. We're going. We're putting shorts on. We're maximizing the diversification and uh, uh, loss control. And um, hopefully, you, you you're not freaked out by our, our leverage. You know, that can be a turn off if you're too risky or too too low volatile. But uh, so many of these markets are not. Um, historically have not added to the portfolio like commodities and currencies, let's say, because most of the time they're evaluated on the buy and hold point of view. Yep. And, uh, you know, commodities don't go up over time all the time. So like stocks would, or in, in the 60-40 with bonds, that bonds help. So we're saying, okay, let, let me put some uh, more diversification into your portfolio, but I've got to use this kind of methodology that actually will allow us to make money, not just be kind of a, well, hopefully it'll help out stocks when there's big inflation or things like that. So mm -hmm. we really add, we add value um, with markets, shorts, and a systematic approach. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the diversification is huge. Like, just improve your opportunity to catch a trend, not in just one spot, but in many spots, just like now what's hot or has been hot, the, the venture capital world, Silicon Valley world. And there's a lot of different startups, a lot of different industries within tech and other things like that, that, that have performed well. And a VC, um, you know, we, we'd probably say, oh, that's stupid to just be specialized in one area of, of startups like no spread it around and try to invest in good founders you know that have a good process that have a good head on their shoulders stuff like that um you know a winner is going to win uh, eventually i think um whether it's this opportunity or or the next one um maybe that's how they do it maybe it's how the best ones do it they invest in people and like a decent idea and if it works great they invest in like the operator not necessarily the product you know but um you know, you, you've been around a long time. Um, you've, you've been trading your system of rules. Um, and this caught my eye when you attach, uh, when you uh, post an article, I think it was um, a Seeking Alpha article about the Nick Darvis uh, guy who, you know, made $2 million being a dancer or something. And he, the one line, everyone knows that story, but the one line uh, that I saw was that he, he detached himself from Wall Street. And, you know, with that, like stories and opinions and predictions, all that stuff. Um, do you find it, have you found it hard to do that over your career? 
Well, definitely, I think, whether it's Wall Street or your friends or yeah. the newspaper, it's, it's all a challenge uh, to put your head down and follow the system and uh, not uh, worry or not um, alter it somewhat. You know, that was a surprising uh, quote. I, I'll pull it up here in a second. But yep. I never really know sometimes what's going to really get a lot of people's attention. And that got more attention. Mm. Um, I believe it was he was buying stocks that seemed uh, like they're at a really high price, and he bought them. He wanted to buy them at high prices, and they just kept going. Yes, and detached himself from Wall Street. So one of those two ideas, people just really resonated, and I got so many, you know, likes on that. Like I, I'll tweet something that I think is very amazing, and um, one person <laughs> you will like it. So I <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but, you know, you just never know what uh, turns people. You know, what what are, what are all these people really, really interested in? I, they're not interested in my politics that I, or the sort of uh, non-trading uh, articles from the New York Times that I no. post. But uh, yeah, it's. I think there's a lot of people sitting out there, and they they're like uh, you and me, and they maybe haven't had the breaks, or they're trading their own money, and they they they're they love trend following and uh, the markets as much as we do. And, uh, boy, they see something that's encouraging and validates what they think is probably right. Just uh, wait for the new highs. Um, yeah. You know, there was a, there was a tweet from one of the value people the other day that uh, said something like, if you liked Twitter at 44, you must really like it at 31. You know, something like that. And so uh, yeah. I was just, I didn't want to even bother to look at a chart. But, you know, at 44, whatever it was, if it wasn't like a recent high, I didn't like it at 44. I would have I would have liked it at maybe 50. Right. I kept going so I could buy a breakout. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm not even sure I liked it at 44, where it, uh, unless it was in a big uptrend. So it's really a different kind of mindset of doing battle on a daily basis. And Twitter, Twitter, Twitter sphere. Oh boy. Um, yeah. For the hearts and minds. Um, that's kind of interesting and frustrating. And I think some of these people out there, they just don't want to know. They don't want to deal with it. It doesn't fit with their business model. Oh, I'll write an article and do an interview and count the momentum. It works. It's great. It's the best factor out there. They'll just like, okay, great. Now I got. 30 days, 60 days, I don't have to mention that again. I can go back to an alternative other than buy and hold. I don't know of any alternative. Yeah, well, you just did a podcast where you uh, did know of an alternative. <laughs> so I get it. You know, it's not really fitting in with raising money for, for your uh, business. No. Well, that, those, you know, the financial Twitter uh, guys out there, they, they have a different audience. Um, and uh, I think they say what they have to say to, to to get them to do what they want them to do um, and entertain them in the meantime, you know, make them laugh or something. But uh, and there were, you know, two other tweets that, that you posted recently. Um, and these just go along the, uh, staying along the lines of the stories. And, and this is not really, um, you know, pulling or maybe not pulling your decisions one way or another, but uh, just how stories and, and lines and taglines and mantras just get just evolve and they just they don't there's no basis behind them at all um one 
was Dr. Copper. Oh, boy. Um, how supposedly copper is some leading indicator for what stocks do. And, uh, and in the tweet uh, link, it showed that since 1972, the correlation between copper and S&P is, is basically zero. Um, and then the other one was earnings growth versus S&P performance. And it showed that when earnings growth, earnings growth is below, uh, maybe below 10, or, uh, below 10% or above 10%, um, uh, effectively that the earnings growth and the S&P do, do opposites. Or it doesn't, you know, the S&P doesn't rely on there being growth in the first place to actually go up. Um, which just keeps stays on the trend of just stay with the trend and detach yourself from all the opinions and stories and mantras that are out there because there just seem to be so many of them that just don't mean anything. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's one logic, one order. You need reassurance. Mm. And I was taught, in, you know, 30 years ago, um, the, the, the other cliche, it's the best trades are when the fundamentals and technicals agree. And uh, I certainly don't believe that to be true. I think the best trades are when the fundamentals and technicals disagree. Mm. You get an upside breakout and maybe a bad piece of news, a bearish piece of news. That's probably an amazingly juicy trade um, when you can find those. But uh, I just think it's people wanting an extra little bit yeah. and, and to fit in and be a part of a group. All this lose money together. I think about the markets together. I'll feel a lot better. So it's once again feelings. It's trend following, looking at the markets in a different way, and not seeking out other people's uh, approval. Yeah, and being uh, counter most of the time to what people think is going, is happening in the markets is uh, it's a lonely way to do things, but it's it's the best way, and the most profitable way. Uh, you really have to isolate yourself try to figure out a way to get those trades done without regard to all the chatter that's around you, especially in the stocks. You know, we trade the single stocks and, uh, you know, so much information, so much stuff going on Yeah, that uh, you really just have to ignore it. Well, yeah, that was, um, again, another tweet. I think, I think it was more recently, maybe in the past uh, couple of days, um, by uh, Mark uh, Rezepzinski. I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm butchering your name, Mark. Um, but it was, um, you know, in the 80s, 90s, said the trend followers were, you know, on the fringe of the, the investment community. And, and now with so much proof that that momentum is a, a legit factor that uh, belongs in everyone's portfolio. Um, I don't know. Do you see the like the business changer, like the environment for trend follower uh, trend followers changing? Like I, I almost long for the days where I, I guess we. I think we still are outsiders, uh, as judged by the amount of capital that we manage relative to all the capital out there. But um, that you know, I think when we get pulled into Hey, um, traditional guy, you need to have this as part of your portfolio. Um, maybe, as you said before about the process, the guys, the 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 study of the smart people, they said um, 
you know, love the process. Maybe they just don't love our process and we shouldn't, we should stop trying to convert everybody. I don't know. Well, we should definitely prefer clients who are converted. Right. Uh, what we need to do is stop agonizing over people who don't like what we do and kind of say, okay, that's kind of good, I guess. We don't want everybody to kind of like it too much. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think uh, it's kind of silly that CTAs beat themselves up and say, you know, we just haven't, haven't done a great job of education. Yeah. We've done a great job. We've done a fine job of education. In fact, people know they, they, they're educated so much they, they despise every element of, of <laughs> how they handle the markets. You should never let a large trend turn into a small, small profit or a loss. And, you know, we're sitting there going, well, I'm waiting for my exit to be hit. I don't, was, it, was, it a, was it a large win or large profit or smallish or medium, whatever. But I'm just going to have to wait here until my following my rules uh, serve me well for a long, long time. And, of course, on any single trade, it's going to look bad. And I am going to give back all this profit. And, uh, but I'm not going to exercise discretion. You, know, you don't want me to do that. You, you want me to follow the rules. And so, well, you know, bottom line is that they just want you to make money. When I was, when I was um, in my training, um, they asked us, you know, that they put it into our head that, well, it's okay to make money. It's okay to lose money if you're doing the right trades. If you're following the rules, you can lose money. But if you make money by using some uh, discretion or not following the rules, then you're going to be in trouble. Mm. Well, I mean, that's just a pretend, fictitious environment that is outside of this world. It can only come from a genius person who understands the value of uh, following rules and uh, being uh, systematic and consistent. And every, almost everyone else, every client, you know, they can't do that. If yeah. you can give me a windfall profit somehow, uh, I'll take it. And that'll be just fantastic. And seldom do I... I have, uh, every now and then, I have had clients who when I uh, saw them or talked to them on the phone and I we, we started talking about uh, the recent um, performance, they would say, oh, stop, stop, I don't even care. Just tell me right now, promise me right now that you're still just following your system. I'm like, yes, of course. That's all I need to do. That's all I need to do. Move on. Let's talk about something else. So wow. that's a rare person. Um, and that's the kind of client you know that you're going to, Longer, kind of, kind of be left with. You know, you can, you can. Uh, yeah. So that's you should just target those type kind of people and get, get the people who are on the same page and understand the benefits of diversification, and risk control, and following prices. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to come by, but it's fine to have a small business and it's fine to have good clients and grow grow slowly and be be. Add value to a you know a handful of people's lives. Uh, you don't have to change change the world. You don't have to change the world. Yeah, there's another quote I had out there a long time <laughs> on my Twitter page. Yeah, which was a, a hedge fund should be like you know your favorite local restaurant. Yes, small, unknown to everybody else. Um, a couple more things, but I can't remember. But yeah, it, it doesn't. If it gets too big and too crazy and too much AUM, there's a lot of bad 
of things start creeping in. I, I love that quote. That was really good. And that's you know, one of the mantras I use for my business too. Um, but, um, you know, so I think over maybe the recent years here, five, 10, uh, I think you, you texted me the other day about 20 years that the trend followers have been, you know, diluting their trend, uh, component or the trend strategy with other stuff. Um, and I don't know what the motives of each, of each guy has been, but, um, I think you know, my hunch says since the crisis that, you know, since the crisis alpha term was, was coined and, you know, it just seemed to be an easier sell, um, after the crisis. And as we've started to talk to more traditional people, more newcomers to trend following, um, you know, some guys have, have started to give them what they want. It's not necessarily what's better for them long term. Um, more like what they want to hear, uh, what tastes good rather than what's actually, you know, good for them long term. Um, have you seen a lot of that, uh, too? Oh, yeah. I mean, for 30 years, I, you know, I think that I've been in the minority. Um, my tagline used to, you know, just before different, uh, venues was, uh, Trend following plus nothing. I mean, there's, yeah. there's very few people who believe in trend following plus nothing. And people spend a lot of time trying to get rid of the warts of trend following and uh, the shorter term mean reversion, pattern recognition, carry trade, all the different um, ways possibly to smooth out you know, these um, ups and downs and lack of profits. It's just been a constant theme. Um, I think now it's you're kind of starting to see that the strategy that idea is still out there, um, and it seems that it's a way to kind of preserve, try to preserve the incentive fee. Right. Most uh, even Winton now is out there with a fixed fee trend only. Yeah, I want product, and uh, so now you you uh, I'll give you trend following only trend following at a fixed fee, but. If you want everything I have and all of my genius, you need to. I'm still going to uh, hopefully you'll, you'll pay me an incentive fee. So now, how much of that, um, that, that the full program? How much? How much is trend following actually? How much heavy lifting is the trend piece doing? Probably most of it. So it's kind of silly, but yeah, I can see where people would want to do something like that. I. We think that you can spend your whole career trying to improve and your trend following, and um, you'll be rewarded for it. And I think uh, uh, some of the drawdowns, you know, the, with our strategy, yes, we do have them, but they have a tendency to come when you've made a lot of money. So it's not as bad as it kind of sounds sometimes to to go through drawdowns. Um, <clears throat> But I can understand people wanting to mitigate those and minimize them. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I don't know, a, a, any really improvement trying to improve from the traditional, you know, index fund. It's like, oh, you, you, it better be. It better be something that walks on water. Like, oh, it needs to be perfect and never lose because I, I don't want to go through the hassle of changing and adding. 
uh, I'm good where I am. So when it's not perfect and it's not great, um, it's looked at with just such disdain. Like, uh, what do I need this then? Well, it, you know, it's not always going to beat your, the thing you're in now, um, uh, you know, with such consistency, but, you know, over the long run, this proves and it seems to be a better way of doing it, a better way of just managing your money. Um, but, but I think from there we get, we get more, you know, I think, I think now we're in like the complex stage of, of trend following, uh, as like a business, I think, you know, there's a lot of different people, you know, more people doing it now, a lot of different, uh, I don't know, maybe marketing taglines people are using and people are changing fees and blending and this and that. And I think it's gotten confusing. Um, maybe for the more traditional guy who, who he might convert to it um, if he was just given a clear message on what it is. Um, but, yeah, I know there's some guys that are doing it well, other guys that uh, I think have just started to change things and um, uh, maybe started to confuse some people. But uh, have you ever in your in, – um, this is uh, – in your career, have you ever dabbled or ever been pulled in another direction? I know, I know you're trend following plus only, but have you ever sat there and said, you know what? God damn, you know, we, maybe we should think about this, um, adding it or no, or no, you just been full bore trend forever. Much. I can't think of a time where I wasn't trend, trend following only, trend following plus nothing. Uh, but I have, uh, you know, been guilty of letting non-trend following counter-trend ideas infiltrate my thinking. Wouldn't it be nice to have profit objectives? Yes. To uh, resize frequently based on the ball. Uh, smooth things out and do kind of counter trend trades, not what I would consider to be sort of non systematic trades. Um, so I've done that, um, and it has always, thankfully, never worked for me. So I was quick to, quick to stop that. Yep. And uh, was not did not help me for one scintilla of a of a, of a day or week, and so um, I was punished. And I got back on the straight and narrow. Right. I remember asking my research people, uh, let's check out profit objectives. So if the market goes up a, a little bit or whatever, you know, a, a nice amount, just get out. And, uh, or if the volatility doubles, let's cut back a little, or cut back half, you know, whatever. And uh, then they would come back and say, yes, uh, that works. It makes the sharp ratio higher. Mm. There's negatives to doing it. You have to trade larger, take bigger losses, let's say. But forget that. The sharp ratio is higher. Oh, okay. And then my research guy would say, but I did find one other idea, though. That is, if you're going to do these things, like take profit or ball adjust or something, something that's not a trend trade, uh, if you just uh, wait to like one day lower or like five days lower, just throw in a little bit of trend in there. It improves it so much. So you can't even get away from trend. When you're doing something wrong, um, just throwing a little bit of trend or you know, uh, 
it, into it improves it so much. So I, I do think that when people sort of say, well, I'm reducing my trend, the trend part of my trading, uh, and I'm going to have a new strategy, a new style, uh, hopefully it's not uh, taking small winners and letting your losses run. But no. even when you're doing things that are not necessarily trend following, my guess is whatever you're doing, you can improve it quite a bit by doing a, just a dab of trend and uh, to sort of tie that thing because, you know, what happened on some of those profit objectives, if you're waiting to get out after uh, a 10% move or 20% move, if you gave it a one week lower, it ended up being a 30% move. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so I just can't get away from the benefits of trend. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's something I'm very comfortable saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's um it's just it's it's in the data. It's in the data, and um, for whatever reason, um, just like the stories you mentioned before, and how the constant investor is just constantly, you know, um, selling trend during a drawdown, and just and, and even just with even just buy and hold investors too, how they just constantly screw it up. And constantly underperform the indexes. They uh, they get all these other ideas, and um, I feel like just trend following is just so natural that h- how can you possibly think a, the opposite is is better? Uh, may, maybe I don't know. Maybe we have like a glitch in our DNA or our brains or something where we try to uh, anticipate time and moves and. And uh, things like that, because uh, it feels so good. But um, I don't know. I mean, I I think you were, as you said many times, so lucky to have such smart people um, teach you and and live in that live in that womb, so to speak, for you know a handful of years, and then to have success go with it. It's like, oh, this is it. Yep. All right. I know. Yep. Um, I'm sold now. Um, and I don't know. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but um, it just seems that like we do so many things in investing that are unnatural that we just we wish would work, but just don't, or or they work for a short amount of time and then they you know it craps out. Um, they don't last over long periods of time like trend does. Because how do you get away from uh, doing the natural logical thing, which is, you know, go with the movement, go with the wave, go with the wind. Um, but, um, yeah, sorry. I don't know where I was going with that really, but I just had to ramble. Yeah, well, I think you're, you're right. I mean, uh, the, the advantage I had for working, you know, being taught and training from, uh, a genius, these two genius guys, we're really adept at markets and math and computers, the real world of markets they traded in the pits stuff. And they were able to put all of that together for a systematic off the floor approach is amazing. Um, and you know, but, but uh, so many people, even when they're taught like that and they have every reason to believe um, that, um, <clears throat> that they're learning from really smart people, they were rejected essentially. And so you blow the opportunity. So I wasn't dumb enough to blow it. <laughs> and I was humble enough to kind of, just in a kind of uh, competitive ingredient enough to sort of say, uh, tell me more. You 
know, I don't care if it's not coming from me. I, I just want to be better and steal. And I've been a great at stealing ideas from other people <laughs> for over 30 years. Uh, and then, you know, the rules and stuff are being taught, um, maybe not just uh, rules and parameters, but uh, the turtles were really edge. The edge we had was to um, be taught from day one uh, how do you evolve and how do you make the, the systems better. Yeah. And uh, you know, things will change over time. You know, we're not going to get rid of trend and diversification. But a lot of the stuff will be on the table for you to decide how to evaluate uh, your your strategy and how to improve it over time. I know we get bashed by some of the European guys who come up with fictitious stories that about Richard Dennis and the Turtles, and they have no clue. They never called me and asked me what the truth is about these things. So some of these stupid stories get repeated. Yep. And uh, you just got to kind of go with it. And, but what are the Another big edge we had was the positive feedback, you know, the positive environment that when you lose money, your boss says, you follow the rules, don't worry about it. You know, maybe trade a little bit smaller, uh, maybe improve some of the things you're doing, but uh, no, full speed ahead and uh, being nurtured from day one in that environment when you're sort of learning, going through it in the markets. Mm-hmm. The ups and downs, it's invaluable. It's not just, it's like, you know, here's a rule book, you know, read this book and here's how, here's what it's like to be a Marine. Yes. And you'd say, well, that's not being a Marine. Gotta no, do you it. got the book. You got all the rules. It's <laughs> right there. No, it's, it's going to boot camp. Yeah. And going through that. And so we went through it all and uh, it was much greater than just uh, the rules and the parameters and the systems. That we had at that time it was uh, yeah. So that's just invaluable. Um, that sort of encouragement. So I wonder, you know, where are those clients that say, "I actually had clients call me up in February, when we, you know, one of the worst months of all time." Yep. For us, um, January was one of the best months of all time. February was one of the worst. And I actually had uh, one person, at least one person. I know I still have his voice message, um, encouraging me. Where is that encouragement? I'm with you. I, I got you. Please just stick with the systems. I believe. Yep. I did my due diligence up front, and uh, I love what you do, and I understand it. Uh, trade smaller, maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever, you know, but keep going. Where is that? You know, where do we, we don't get that. You know, we don't, this is why you know, we're frustrated sometimes. That, uh, because the bottom line is, you know, it's please just make money. And that's the way we would be as well if we didn't know better and had, had gone through and some of the experiences and seen the benefits of following a process. Yeah, uh, I think that's one of the downfalls of growing a business, you know, and trying to be a big shot. Um, if that's your intent is to just make a lot of money, then you're going to have to do, I think, a lot of things that you have to do business with a lot of people that you're probably going to end up breaking up with at some point because, um, you know, to convert them, you probably can't give them all the, all the information. You can't really get deep with someone. Um, you know, I think, you know, just like back with the restaurant example, you know, there's some places you know, in, in, um, you know, when we travel in, in like in Italy, for example, or it's grandma's house or, you know, some local restaurant and the pasta comes out and it's so good. You want to go back there and give her a hug because it's so insanely good. And, you know, she cares about it. 
um, she cares about you, a stranger uh, who's going to spend 20 bucks, 30 bucks or something on a, on pasta and wine. Um, you, you know, you ha- she's going to go out, she's going to go all out for you. And, and you know that, and you kind of want to pay her back and you want to, you want to keep going there and tell people to go there. Um, and I feel like the other end of things where it's just money, it's business, you know, no loyalty. It's, uh, you know, all competition, doggy dog thing. It's like, you know, we have the evidence on that. People have been running like that for a long time. And you know what? Everyone underperforms the simple indexes. So what the hell's that? Let's maybe, um, I don't know, go, go, um, more intimate with, uh, with a core group smaller group, try to find more of the guys that like you said, just gave you a message on your machine. Um, I understand. It may not, you may not by design manage billions and billions of dollars then because there may not be those many loyal people out there for you, but, uh, but maybe, um, I don't know. I think that's a huge advantage too. huge advantage of having, having, um, really loyal clients and real communication. I had a similar experience in February too. Like Mike, we're not actually, I, you know, thank you for bringing it to my attention. I wasn't even looking at it. <laughs> um, cause I'm in for the long run, I'm not in it for month to month. Um, but I had, I had my second, uh, Dennis client. Dennis was the perfect client. Then I had another client. It was similar. And, um, we would, someone would, you know, try to make contact with them on bad periods, bad days, bad months, and say, hey, just want to let you know we're, we're okay, you know, we're losing money, and they would say, oh, please don't call. We watch our investment. We know what you're doing. We're, we want to be the, the client that uh, doesn't, you know, panic or harass. And we've sent through these drawdowns, and we know that's, that's what you have to do to make money. Yeah. So, you know, it happened clear. But uh, what we do is just find out fun, and it's rewarding on a personal level when you, over time, you know, over time you'll keep getting better. You'll have to, and you know, you will. Yeah. And then looking back on a, a long career like that of just getting better and making things, uh, just, even if it's playing all the trend file, you can make it better all the time. And, understand it more, appreciate it, you'll, it's a worthwhile career. Yep. Um, it's been, been very rewarding so far grown, uh, you know, not just as a business person, but like a person as at the core, um, despite what the returns have been. I mean, obviously, you know, past five, 10 years have been a little crappy, but, uh, that doesn't mean, uh, your entire being is, contingent on what the results of your fun performance are. It's not like you've been miserable for the last five, 10 years. If you haven't made much money, like sure. I'm happier when I make money, but you know what? Got to, uh, got to keep growing and getting better somehow. And it's not always your time to make, to make money all the time. You gotta, gotta maybe focus on other things in the meantime. Um, stuff like that, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, is there any other, um, I don't know, any other thing on your mind that, uh, you'd like to get out there? Um, I know you tweet a lot, so you, you know, you get a lot of things out. Um, let's, 
that's I tie my next one after something fun happens or after we see some a good article that we can chat and make it uh, timely. Yeah. Yeah. Comical, but uh, yes, it's been a fun chat. I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Yes, I'm sorry I missed their coffee. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks very much. Take care. Thanks, Jerry. Talk to you soon. Yeah.